Uh, welcome to another episode of the Space for Dallas podcast. This is Dallas. I uh, I just uh, apparently I didn't know this. Uh, all Windows computers have uh, just been updated to uh, Windows 11. Um, so I just got that, downloaded that. That is interesting. It's fascinating. It's fascinating how they always like revamp the user interface for all this. It's um, Everything's always like, you know, it, instead of it being in the corner, now all my apps are on the side. Um, I should see about changing that, though. I, th I feel like I should be able to change that. Personalize it. My task view. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Search. May, uh, okay, maybe not. We'll see. But I'm running Windows 11 now. Um, so I don't know. I sort of liked the fight. <laughs> it's... I kind of liked uh, Windows 10, uh, actually, uh, <laughs> but eh, what you going to do? I've already made the change. I've already made the change. Can't go back. Can't. Uh, it is what it is, what it is, what it is, you know? Windows 11. I didn't even know how old. My Lenovo is a few years old. It's 2021. I, I got it when I graduated college back in 2017. Um, so a few years old, so I'm surprised I got the Windows rollout update, but I guess it's just a way to help consolidate um, all the users to be on the latest uh, OS operating system for uh, those of you that uh, aren't as uh, smart as me. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the good old uh, o, o to the S, the operate to the sys. Um, that's what it is. Oh, so... Man, how are uh, you guys uh, doing uh, today? You uh, you doing the dishes? You going to bed? You reading a book? You can't read a book and listen to a podcast at the same time. You'll either pay attention to the podcast or you're going to read the book. You can't focus on both. That's not possible. That's not going to happen. Don't try it. I have. I've tried it. I thought I could optimize my time to both read and listen. Can't do it. Impossible. You can't retain information from both. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of books, I'm trying to like read three books all at the same time. It's ridiculous. I, uh, I have the world's fastest man. I then picked up, um, the song of Achilles by Madeline Miller, who uh, wrote Circe. Um, and then I also picked up courage is calling fortune favors the brave by Ryan holiday. Uh, pick that up, uh, which I may return. Uh, I guess we will see. Uh, it's an interesting sort of play-by-play -play, uh, story, a lot of small stories. But I have so many books now, um, and I realize, like, oh, I have so many books. What do people do with the books they've read? They just sort of, like, keep them forever? <laughs> I guess you. Uh, I guess if you like a book, you just keep it around until you forget uh, what was in the book, and then you can open it up, read it, and enjoy it all over again. So, yeah. There must be like like rewatching an old movie, you know, rewatching a movie you've seen before, like The Terminator or Lord of the Rings or something. You can open it up and and, and enjoy it again another time. Um, I guess that's what I should do. But then I just feel like I just keep you know reading the same stuff over and over and over again. Oh well. Ah, oh, geez. But um, yeah, picked up a couple more books, reading more. Glad I'm doing that. That's positive. That's beneficial. I like that. Um, and yeah, this Madeline Miller, her song of Achilles, uh, written in sort of the exact same style as uh, Circe. Um, so that is pretty cool. That is... Uh, um, Circe was written well. I see this is written in the same style. 
um, same sort of, I don't know, rhythm to it, same sort of feel, same sort of, uh, uh, not theme, but I guess sort of structure to the story, um, you know, same sort of familiar beats, you know, there's a lot of familiar beats, almost like it was written by the same author. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I am reading that, and uh, by the way, hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving. I uh, I just realized it's been 20 days since I last podcasted. Man, once you take a week off, it always, <laughs> it always is. Once you take a week off, it always ends up being 20 days off, doesn't it? Uh, uh, once again. God, <laughs> I need to be more disciplined about it. Speaking of discipline, however, I am getting more disciplined about um, a little bit of fitness. I Since, I, uh, since I've been sort of working at the bike shop, um, since I've been staying a little bit closer to home these days, I've been um, taking a break from stand-up, taking a break from jiu-jitsu, um, sort of just getting ready for the move, I guess. When that move does happen, eventually it'll happen. Sometime it'll happen. That's why I hope. Um, so, yeah, so I'm just uh, uh, hanging out here at home in the room. I need to get some details uh, from the office uh, before I sort of commit to anything. Um, but yeah, yeah, just, uh, same, you know, same old things, uh, chilling and, uh, yeah, yeah, just, uh, yeah, no change, no change. You guys, anything changed for you? Anything changed for you? I, uh, oh, and speaking of, uh, reading, um, <laughs> speaking of reading, I finished that OJ Simpson book and, uh, I started listening to the confronting OJ, the, uh, 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 Kim Goldman podcast confronting OJ Simpson and man oh man do we find out way more information about the trial uh, 25 years later than uh, than I ever thought we would <laughs> I thought it'd be sort of a rehash I thought I knew everything I did not it goes way way deeper than uh, ever before goes into the thoughts of the of the um, you know prosecutors um Chris Darden, we rushed in, uh, Marsha Clark, I think we were prepared, um, all the evidence that was and was not submitted to the jury uh, for uh, approval, um, where the civil trial there was, um, and uh, what was it, uh, they interviewed a couple of the jurors, uh, and they asked the jurors, they said, uh, they asked the jurors, um, of course, given all the information they have now, they would have voted differently. But if they were back where they were sitting before and given all the information they were given at the time, they'd all still vote not guilty, which, hey, I mean, that's, uh, that's uh, you know, there was a lot of, uh, a couple things not submitted into evidence. White Ford Bronco, blood on the door of the Bronco, White Ford Bronco, duffel bag full of money and clothes, passport, uh, not, uh, or I don't believe there was a passport in the duffel bag, but I know there's money and clothes. I'm not submitted to the um, jury. Um, the glove submitted to the jury, um, but apparently uh, Chris Darden thought the glove uh, fit where the jury did not. Um, apparently they would actually compare pictures of OJ's hands um to when he wore gloves in the NFL or, or si when he was like a sideline uh, reporter. And uh, they found out 
um, that he, he has very large palms and, but, and very small fingers. So all the gloves sort of fit him the same way that that glove did. Um, so that's sort of interesting. Uh, so I was sort of like, oh, okay, I'm not sure that was ever brought up, but the jury didn't think the glove fit, so, hmm. And then not only that, uh, there was, um, man, what's the other piece of evidence I'm not remembering? The, uh, the, the, the shoes, they didn't, they didn't, like, submit to evidence the shoes, the Wuko Benali, uh, shoes, uh, OJ wore, and then the exact same, uh, footprints found at the, uh, scene of the crime. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. That's like, oh, wow, that's fascinating. The Wuko Benali shoes. <laughs> it's so, yeah, I think, uh, I think I'm think i going to have to side on Chris Darden on this one more than uh, Marsha Clark. Uh, there was a little bit of a, uh, a rush to prosecute when uh, the case was not fully locked down. And I didn't know this about the jurors, but they started off with 24 jurors. 24 jurors. 10 or 12 jury members and then 12 alternates. And as the case went on and on and on and on and on, all they had left, all the original jurors, I believe, except one, had all left and all only the original alternates remained. And one of the jurors she talked to, uh, Kim Goldman, uh, talked to Lionel, um, who was a guy who did like the um, fist in the air at the end of the trial. Apparently Lionel uh, had a heart attack during the trial, had a heart attack, had an asthma attack, asked uh, Judge Hito if he could be excused from the trial, and the judge wouldn't let him go. Instead, uh, I think Johnny Cochran offered him football tickets because he knew he was a football fan of football. Like, hey, you want some tickets to a football game? Like, oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> okay, I mean, <laughs> I'm having a heart attack in this uh, jury box right now. It's... Uh, <laughs> Can we not can we not focus on giving me football tickets right now? I know they're great seats, but I I need some medical attention. I gotta get out of here. Uh, but man, that's another crazy thing. The prosecutors, uh, because the jury was sequestered, they would sort of need um time for relaxation and leisure, and the judge knew that. So apparently the prosecution, uh Johnny Cochran, Robert Shapiro, you know, all those guys on the, the dream team, they would like, uh, give not gifts, but like they'd like give perks to the, to the jury. Like, um, what was it? Jay Leno performed for them. Um, they would do like, they would, uh, do tours and stuff. Um, you know, like basketball games, football game, like stuff like that. I was like, Whoa, I didn't, what a way to butter the jury up to your side. And then, um, but apparently, like, every Sunday, they'd, they'd have um, barbecues at, like, the sheriff's, uh, outdoor barbecues at the sheriff's office. Uh, and they'd, like, take them to go shopping at Target or Walmart for clothes or whatever. And, uh, which is, I guess, sort of the, I guess the, the prosecutors also are like, hey, listen, <laughs> we can't, we can't, or the def the prosecutors won't like, hey, listen, we can't just let the defendants, defendants, sorry, Johnny, yeah, the defendants, the defendants, uh, butter these, these jurors up. We gotta, we, we gotta sneak in some good times with them too, you know, <laughs> let them know, uh, we're on their, their, uh, you know, get them, get them on our side. So man, yeah, the whole sequestering process, that is so strange, so weird for a jury, uh, a jury member to, to be under. 
And the fun the funny thing is they didn't talk about jury pay, but I looked it up. And in California, jury pay is like ten bucks a day and they actually explicitly say we don't reimburse for gas. So like, bro, if I had to drive out, you know, if I wasn't sequestered and I have to drive like even ten miles, I mean there back home every day, I only get paid ten bucks. Uh, yeah, my lunch is covered, but it's only like what my per diems ten or fi- or fifteen or twenty bucks, and um, my stupid uh, my st- uh, you know I'm not being reimbursed for gas, and I only get paid ten dollars. Like I'm losing money every time I'm try I I fulfill my civic duty. Like that's the thing about being a jury member is it it can't, it's so hard, especially if if you don't work for like an employer that like give you jury duty pay or we'll promise you your job when you come back from jury duty like dude if i end up on a trial that ends up going three four five six months dude and at the end i'm like you know yeah i'm glad your family you know we put the killer away but also i i barely uh compensated for my time i lost my job and um i've i've just been just hemorrhaging cash for the past six months like yeah, I get it. No one would want to serve on the jury. Like, no one's going to, you know, we all have lives to live, man. We, we we can't put that on pause for three to six months. I mean, you, you got to make it work with us somehow, you know? So, yeah, if there was a way to sort of fix the system to help make uh, make it easier for people to do jury duty, um, I think that'd be better. Yeah, I think that'd be, I think that'd be pretty beneficial to society. And, uh, uh, man, speaking of, of old, old things, uh, <laughs> like the OJ trial, uh, by the way, the confronting OJ Simpson, very good, very, very good. Apparently they're doing another series called confronting Columbine, um, which, uh, maybe I'll give it a listen to, maybe not, but, uh, but, uh, confronting OJ, they, they talk to all the, um, all the, uh, at least the prosecuting attorneys, uh, police officers, couple jury members, which I'm surprised they got, and um, uh, just everyone's experience. And and essentially for the jury, it was sort of like eventually towards the end, so many people alternated. Um, one woman, everyone alternated out due to health reasons or, or, or other reasons. Um, I think they mentioned in the podcast one woman got alternated out because she had an anxiety, like a panic attack. She was so stressed out. She just had to leave, so they let her go. Um, and towards the end, they all just wanted to leave so, so bad. They took like a quick little straw poll and said, all right, how you know, some anonymous straw poll, I guess. Um, who's guilty? Who thinks he's guilty? Who thinks he's not guilty? Um, Ten say not guilty. Two say guilty. So a guy stands up and says, all right. Uh, if you, uh, the majority here says not guilty. If you think he's guilty, feel free to stand up and make your case. And, uh, no one stood up because everyone just wanted to go home. <laughs> that is, which is like, oh, I get it, man. I get it. And, uh, Chris Darden was sort of right. I guess that's sort of the, um, the hidden, the hidden open secret of uh, of criminal trials uh you know the the a lot of tr- a lot of verdicts a lot of verdicts are determined in jury selection 
for criminal trials. That's apparently the sort of the hidden secret that everyone in, I guess, the criminal justice system knows is, oh yeah, if you get the right people on your jury, it will either make or break the case. Um, the right or wrong people. Um, a lot of uh, trials are determined in uh, jury selection. And, cause that's cause, and that's mostly because people come with their own biases, people come with their own, you know, life histories. Uh, they, they've heard something about this, but um, and especially in a high-profile case like O.J. Simpson, you hear something about the case, um, you know, and, and everyone's heard something. You're not going to find a guy who's heard nothing. You're, 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 you're going to hear someone who's heard something. But you just have to hope that they, uh, you know, they, uh, you can just sort of sway them to your side that they didn't hear a lot, I guess, or, or enough to be um, sympathetic to your side. A lot of uh, criminal um, trials, it's all about making the, uh, the, uh, you know, the jury sympathetic towards your side. If you can get their sympathy, you know, you have a pretty good chance of getting the uh, decision uh, you want. Um, so, yeah. Oh, man. So much. You know, this is all the stuff about the American legal system they don't teach you in school, by the way. I mean, the way a court operates, the function of a jury, the function of a judge, you know, the, the, the function of the attorney and the prosecutors, witnesses. I mean, that would be all be like interesting stuff to learn to know uh to have uh in a uh you know in a in a classroom like and and I don't, I don't remember ever there being a class where we ever went over this so isn't that fascinating oh and speaking of uh OJ you guys hear about the uh the new uh OJ variant <laughs> The uh, we've literally hit the Omnimon variant, the o Omicron, Omicron, Omnicron variant of of COVID. Uh, this is what you got to do. Uh, this is what you got to do now. Just tell people, people, we've hit the OJ variant of the virus. Uh, it's headed north on. <laughs> it's headed north on the I four hundred five, wielding a knife. You but get vaccinated. <laughs> It's in California, but it's driving up fast to Washington. Get vaccinated. <laughs> That'll get people vaccinated. Be like, oh no, the OJ variant <laughs> is gonna get me. <laughs> I'm not safe. <laughs> He's driving up from Florida, the OJ variant. <laughs> uh <laughs> OJ. <laughs> the juice. This virus travels faster than a running back. <laughs> Oh man. Trial of the century, man. I could uh <laughs> apparently I am just going to <laughs> read books about the OJ trial and listen to <laughs> things about the OJ trial for years and years and years. Uh never never stopping. Don't stop never stopping. I didn't realize this either. The OJ trial is the um is the trial that had the longest sequestered um jury uh ever in uh in a criminal case uh nine months nine months uh and they didn't get reimbursed for gas they didn't get <laughs> it's not like they're driving anywhere and apparently on the very last day all the jurors that like survived you know that actually got through it all to the very end the very last day 
all they did was um, instead of talking about the um, the trial, because now they're finally all together, they can all just talk like normal people, and they just talked about everything they're going to do when they're going to get home. Like, man, I'm going to get home. I'm going to sleep in my own bed. I'm going to see my family. I'm going to see my kids. You know, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to, you know, do dishes when I get home. I'm going to enjoy, you know, my family, food, friends, sit down, watch TV, see a movie, you know, watch a watch a game, watch a watch a football game that <laughs> at home that wasn't uh, bought by O.J. Simpson. <laughs> That the tickets weren't bought by OJ and he only gives it to me while I'm having a heart attack in the jury box. Like, dang, dude, really? It's, how is this allowed? It's, uh, oh, so I'm reading up on the uh, the the book uh, "World's Fastest Man: The uh, Extraordinary Life of the Cyclist Major Taylor," and uh, I'm realizing uh, uh, I'm into UFC, I'm into cycling, and cycling was very popular in the 1890s um major taylor actually became sort of the the first famous 12 years before um i guess joe jackson or jack johnson the uh the famous uh black uh boxer um back in the early 1900s um and i realized like oh i'm uh i uh i only have like uh, i'm only into sports that were famous in the uh, late 1800s early 1900s cycling and boxing those are that's <laughs> those are the uh the peak uh apparently the peak sports of their time um it was um 1890s in america it was uh bicycling boxing and baseball those are the three biggest sports um and baseball back in those days uh were mostly it was mostly fights anyway it was <laughs> it was mostly team boxing so <laughs> truly uh <laughs> Truly a different time. Truly a different time back then. You know what I mean? So, man, I uh I'm a, actually I'm about a I guess just a quarter of the way through the book. I um uh, it is a fascinating read. Um Major Taylor's life uh uh was a very interesting. Father fought in the Civil War. He's born, has a bunch of brothers and sisters, but his parents don't really raise him. He, he's actually mostly raised by um uh sort of kinder people around him um he's taken in by uh six uh uh this white family uh where he's friends with their son and they hang out and play and he's sort of he's sort of almost raised and educated by them i guess I, i don't know where his family is but i guess back in those days in the 1890s you know sleepovers would last six to eight months apparently Last as long as the OJ trial, apparently nine plus months. It's just living, living with them. Like, are you ever gonna go back home, kid? Or <laughs> do we own you now, Taylor? I mean, slavery's been abolished, but you, you have not left this house. You have. <laughs> you can leave whenever you want, but as long as you're here, you might as well get an education. <laughs> it's like, dang, this kid <laughs> just. My son brings his friend home from school, and then that boy just never leaves. It's where is his his family's not worried at all, huh? It's different times back then, different time. <laughs> so it is interesting. He meets a lot of uh, great people that that help him become a, a great athlete uh, in his own right. Um, 
So that is sort of uh, uh, interesting. You know, a lot of these, you know, everyone needs, a, especially if, you, if you're going to be a successful athlete, you need a team, right? As, uh, especially a high-achieving performance-level athlete, you need a team of people. You know, uh, all great boxers have a team of guys. They have sparring partners. They have coaches. They have trainers. They have nutritionists. Uh, you know, they have strength and conditioning coaches. All these guys to help them out. Um, with all with all team sports, you know, with with all sports, really, you you can't the one guy who will like figure it all out on his own. That's nah, you know, at the beginning, yeah, but once you get to a high level, no, everyone's got to have a, a team around them to help them out. Uh, and the funny thing is, uh, was it? I'm working at the bike shop. Uh, I'm working at the bike shop still, I suppose. And. uh uh, people are coming in for sales on Black Friday, and they're like, "Oh, hey, where are the sales? Where are the sales?" And I tell them, "Oh, we don't have any." And they go, "Oh, really?" I said, "Yes, there's no sales. There's <laughs> the only thing I think we had on sale were like purple helmets, and that was it. <laughs> I was like, there's oh, there's nothing on sale for bikes. Yes, bikes have not been in all year, so there's no sale. There, if anything, the prices have actually gone up on bikes." So sadly, it's the exact opposite. One guy came into the store and said he wanted this bike. And so we looked up when the bike would be available. And it said a late September. And I told him, oh, it says the bike will be here available late September. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's November now. And I just looked at him and I said, I know. And he's like, you're telling me it's not going to be available until late September? And I said, yes. And he's like, but doesn't that mean next year? And I said, yes. And he's like, huh, what? <laughs> it's, I have to wait till next year to get this bike? I was like, yeah. And that's actually kind of soon. Everyone else has to wait like two years. So you like, count yourself lucky. You only need to wait, by the way, September, not even November, September. You only need to wait 11 months <laughs> before, before really I can place the order for the bike. <laughs> it's that's really all you need to wait. Oh man, God, that's hilarious. I, I just tell uh, nothing. Uh, nothing uh, makes a retail employee more uh, happier than telling their customer that's not in, and I don't know when it's gonna get in. And there's no amount of money you can give me that will ensure it will come in. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. There's uh, there's really nothing we can do in this situation except wait. Do you know how long? No. Will you give me a call when you do know? No. If I give you a bunch of money, can we rush it along? No. That's not how this works either. That's uh. There's really no. There's really no options except to wait, and then check in. You know, just see, just see. Is it in? No. Do we know what's gonna be in? No. All right. You might have to wait a couple years for that bike. I don't. Who knows? You know, I saw a bike that had a uh, an ETA, twenty twenty five. Won't be until the year twenty twenty five that they get around to uh, making that bike. I was like, oh wow, jeez, twenty. T- <laughs> That's the longest. The funny thing is, they they put those dates out there, and everyone knows what they're doing, right? It's just a way to deter people from placing uh purchase orders, because what happens is some guy places a purchase order for something on twenty twenty five, and then guess what? Twenty twenty five rolls around, and they they've lost the purchase order. You know, or they they have a stack of purchase orders. They start making that bike in 2023, and then all these you know, the the all those guys that have placed purchase orders for in 2021 
for a bike in 2025. They start getting them in 2023, and some of those people just don't get the bike. So we all, because they've, they've lost the paperwork or whatever, there's no record of it anymore. So it's like, yeah, we all we all know sort of what happens. But um, it's like, bro, you just got to sell people not available, not available, not available. Like just putting this far out date to just, you know, deter people, you know, not going to happen. Yeah. The funny thing is the way it sort of works now is we're just sort of deferred things. Like, um, all right, you can make, you can buy 500 bikes this year and that's it. No more. All right. So choose which ones you want and we'll give you those. And then that's it. Or some of the really higher end brands are like, listen, you get six bikes. It's these six and that's it. And it's like, oh, really? Like, yeah, that's it. You're not going to get anything else. And it's like, not even if I, you know, <laughs> not even if I have a, a customer who really, really, really wants it and has a lot of money. Nope. Tell them now. Tell them this is what you get and this is all you get deferred. This is, all, this is the only thing that comes your way. Oh, man. Tell them they can run around every bike shop on, in, you know, on the whole West Coast to find their perfect bike. Jeez, <laughs> so, man. It is nuts these days. It is wild. Wow, I uh 29 minutes and uh 30 they're not exactly yet. Uh 15 20 seconds in. Just about. Uh man, you know what? Still got it. Doesn't matter how long, I still got it, baby. I uh <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just talk about sports. I'll just talk about Oh. I I should mention I have been doing more push-ups. I bought this push-up board. God, must have been a year ago or something. And I just haven't been using it. I've used it sparingly, but I have been um, using it more often now. And, um, you know, it's only been a few days, but I think I see some results, you know. Since I'm not going to jujitsu and I'm not, like, totally gassed when I come home after doing jujitsu, or um, I'm not coming home from comedy and it's super late at night, um, and it, you know, it'd be sort of obscene for me to do 100 push ups, you know, at midnight or one o'clock in the morning and where I have to work the next day. It's like, oh yeah, I should take some time to actually work out, do some basic, you know, exercise like the push up, you know, build up some muscle, build up some strength and, uh, you know, and, and, and hop back into a uh, jujitsu, um, you know, in a fresh way. So that'll be fun. I'll be excited to, uh, to do that. Um, I should see about heading back to jujitsu, but who knows, dude? I uh, I, I'm I'm getting ready to move here, and um, I got books to read, video games to play, push-ups to do. I want to see about biking around some more before I move down. When I move down there, my two biggest worries are my bike and my car, and just getting that down. And okay, what do you know? Finding a place to bike ride, I think I think that'll be pretty easy. I think I should be able to find a place to do that. Um, and then just yeah, just figuring everything else out. Um, you know, what, uh, you know, those are the two big things. If I can figure that out, I can figure out everything else. I can figure out, um, you know, housing pretty quickly, all that stuff. So, oh, well, I, uh, <laughs> you know, if, uh, if I'm done rambling and, and listing off all my problems for you, uh, this has been another episode of Space for Dallas podcast. This is Dallas. <laughs>